Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Hello, and how are y'all doing today? I am your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from New Orleans. We have a tropical storm and possible hurricane headed our way for the weekend. So what did Mother Nature decide to do today? Dumped six inches of rain on us within three hours. Lots of the streets are flooded worse than Katrina did way back when. So if you're coming to visit, make sure you bring your Cajun Reeboks with you to get through the water. A big thank you to all our listeners, to your friends and associates, especially our international crowd. It's very gratifying and growing. We hit 10 countries last week. And remember, you can always listen on demand after the show and let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you'd like to have. My uh, email address is rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com or you can call or text me at 504-615-0540. Lots of stuff happening in the news. I would say the biggest thing is uh, Yanmar acquiring ASV loaders. So the consolidation continues even on the manufacturing side. And headhunting. Headhunting is going at a rapid pace. You know that every 90 seconds, a new position is being posted. Do you use headhunters? Just curious. Our call-in number today is 1-866-472-5790. Did you see the article in RER with the interview with earth-moving manufacturers? Very interesting and always a great job by Michael Roth. Today, as we have been in the past, I want to continue on focusing on people and all the different positions available in this industry, but who all have a special job to do for the success of their rental company. So let's start with this, successful people and 10 habits successful people have, a short guide on being a success at your job and in life. First of all, Success is what you define it as, but success at its core is consistency and agency in any pursuit. Most often we think of success as career-based or monetary. This is misleading because you can be a success at anything you attempt. Please hear that. You can be a success at anything that you attempt. Go beyond the confines of your definitions of success and define it for yourself. Furthermore, the fact that you attempt anything new is a success because you are expanding yourself. In the totality of life, you want to be a success in every skill or pursuit you attempt makes you successful at your job in life. Life is about expanding oneself and learning. No matter what job you have, you're gaining experiences. In the end, if you do that, you are successful at life, and I can't think of a better thing to be successful at. But there are keys to being a successful person that we often don't realize. There are steps and actions that successful people have, and I want to share those with you. Many firmly believe that if you use the 10 principles of successful people I'm going to talk about that you will be a success. No matter what your endeavors in life, follow these and you'll achieve results. First, successful people. 
They are decisive and don't second guess it. There is one quality successful people have that separates them from the rest. They act. Get that? They act. Successful people don't get in their way and second guess themselves. They just pursue what they're after and dive headlong into the pursuit. So I have to ask you, have you ever achieved anything in life without action? Did you get your degree, the job you wanted, or the love you have without action? I think you can answer that for yourself. But the resounding answer is you did not. We often don't achieve success because we simply don't act. We get caught up in our head, fear creeps in, and we freeze. I mean, let's get real. Success is scary. What if I told you tomorrow you could be standing in front of an arena delivering the message you feel inside? You'd probably think I was crazy. Some do already. Then you would think, that's not possible. Examine that. The thought process for just a minute. Who's standing in your way? Next, successful people. They are productive, not busy. Successful people are productive. They aren't just filling the time. They make their time count. You only have so long on this planet, so why aren't you investing in it in pursuits that matter? How do you know if you're being busy or productive? Think of being busy as a scatter plot of energy. If you're busy, you're not focused. Instead, you're being pulled in a million directions. And this is so common in our rental industry. And being busy is a great way to deter you from success since you're too distracted to focus on what's important to you. So what does being productive look like? If you're being productive, you're in the zone. You're the tip of the spear. You function with laser precision. You focus on one task at a time until it's completed and give all your energy to that task. You become results-oriented instead of output-oriented. The next step is being successful. They operate from logic and patience. Successful people work from a space of logic instead of emotion. To be a success, you need to take time to process your thoughts before making decisions. Successful people are self-aware enough to know that raw emotion, ego, and I've had to deal with my share of that from people in my career, is not the best decision maker. Instead, give yourself 24 hours or more to decide what to do. When you do make a decision, it will be strategic, well thought out, and free of emotion. It's not always best to act on impulse in an immediate situation. The key to achieving success is having a long-term sustainable plan in place. The takeaway here is long-term because you're focused on the result. By looking at anything in life, 
with that scope, you take emotion out of the equation. Also, they are not perfectionists. Let's face it, many of us are perfectionists when it comes to work and life. I'll be the first to admit I make mistakes. The only problem with being a perfectionist is it will slow you down and keep you discouraged. Think about it for a second. When you try to make something perfect, you end up spending too much time on it, right? You become obsessed with the pursuit of the end result, and in the end, the pursuit becomes the distraction. The lesson here is that we are rewarded for starting and finishing something. If you start a race and don't finish it, there's no sense of accomplishment and no chance at a reward. So make that decision and then act on it and follow it through the completion. That is how you will become a more successful person. Next, they engage the unknown with confidence. There is one emotion in life that holds even the smartest and most tenacious of us back. You know what that is? It's fear. Fear is what prevents most people from even starting something. The difference in successful people is that they're able to engage their fear and the unknown. It's like they walk into the fog of life and they have confidence that the sun will burn it off. The truth is, no one is ever completely ready when opportunity knocks. I've watched successful friends struggle internally when something they've always wanted suddenly appears. But being a success in those moments means being able to navigate and trust your instincts. Next, they keep it simple. That's right, they keep it simple. The world today moves at the speed of light. There are endless opportunities and an array of choices to be made. As wonderful as it is to have everything at your fingertips, it also is serving to distract you. It is complicating your life and clouding your ability to see clearly. There is research that suggests the more choices we have, the less we actually purchase. Why? Have you ever typed in rental on Google? You're given thousands of choices. So where do you even start? Well, you could spend countless hours researching and trying to find the perfect product or company, or you could simply choose something that you think is the best choice and go for it. See, successful people give it a shot and understand that if it doesn't work out, they learn something from the experience, refine their search, and try again. They also focus on small steps. Henry Ford once said, nothing is particularly hard if you divide it into small pieces. This is absolutely true when trying to accomplish goals and become a success in life. 
There is a Netflix special called The Dawn Wall about Tommy Caldwell. He's the best free climber in the world. Tommy climbed El Capitan's Dawn Wall, a climb even the best climbers in the world thought was impossible. But not Tommy. He spent years repelling down the face of El Capitan. Searching for a way to climb the impossible. He eventually broke the climb down into 19 pitches. Or you could say zones. Then he laced up his shoes and went up the wall. And 19 days later, pulled himself over the top. How did he do it? How did he climb the impossible? By breaking it down into manageable pieces. The secret here is psychology because when you look at the big picture, you can psych ourselves out. If you break any large goal down into bite-sized pieces and you focus on completing one at a time, you have a much better chance of actually obtaining your long-term goal. I've used this concept in the rental industry many, many times, and I can tell you it works, especially if you sketch it out, draw the lines that run into each other, and break down the pieces like a puzzle. That will help you to come up with a better finished product or system in your business. Next, they track their progress religiously. If you're looking to achieve anything in work and life, I highly recommend keeping a journal or spreadsheet. And with that, uh, let's take a quick break and jump back to Voice America. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Genie Z60 slash 37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60 slash 37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. Genie genuine parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, 
visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we are back at Rental Equipped Talk Radio, and we are talking about the habits of successful people. And we've gone through a bunch of them so far, and we're just starting on the next one. And successful people track their progress religiously. If you're looking to achieve anything in work and life, I highly recommend keeping a journal or spreadsheet. Tracking your progress serves a few purposes. First, it allows you to check in every now and again and reassess the situation. This gives you the opportunity to make a change if necessary. It allows you to fine-tune your strategy or approach. Second, by writing things down, you have a record of what did or didn't work. After all, you can't really assess or measure anything if you don't have data. You can do this for any venture in life and business, and it'll give you valuable insight into what's working for you. And in Show in two weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, that subject a little bit more. Uh, the next thing, uh, successful people. They make a mistake, learn, and remain positive. Part of being successful is being able to maintain your focus in the face of mistakes, and we all make them. What would take most people off course or cause them to shift gears only sharpens the resolve of a successful person. There is one primary characteristic that all successful people have in common above all else. They remain positive even when the world is falling down around them. Where others see failure, they see an opportunity to grow and to learn. And there's a lot of that that can happen in our industry. Remember that every time you make a mistake, you're progressing, right? It doesn't matter if it's love, life, or careers. When we take a misstep, we get closer to where we're supposed to be. So shift your thinking, and when you make a mistake, remember you're one step closer to your goal. The only thing that will ever hurt you is doing nothing and failing to act. And lastly, on the 10 habits of successful people, they maintain balance in their lives. Being successful requires being able to maintain 
an equilibrium with your life. This means balancing work, alone time, time with family, friends, and partners. It's called the ecosystem of self. Your ecosystem has components to it that become a system of self-maintenance. One component is caring for yourself through physical activity. These physical activities can be anything you want. For some people, it's yoga, meditation. Maybe for you, it's running marathons, CrossFit, or hiking, mountaineering, uh, surfing, something. Being active provides benefits to your body on the physical, emotional, and mental levels, and even makes you better at work with more energy. Another part of your ecosystem is social interaction with others. You make sure to spend time with friends, family, loved ones who care about you. But let's not forget, you spend more waking hours with your coworkers, so the same thing applies. There have been countless studies on social support and its effects on a person's well-being. These social situations ward off depression, anxiety, and stress, and again, make you more effective at work. The pursuit of your interests or passions is obviously important to this ecosystem as well. Having agency towards your goal gives you confidence and a sense of person, purpose. Excuse me. The takeaway from this is that to be successful, you need to build an ecosystem that supports your efforts. You also build it so it supports you on every level of life. Remember that again, success is what you define it as. Only you know what success is for you. No one else can define it for you. There is one unanswered question in all of this though. That being, how do I know I'm a success? Answer, you're a success when you can call yourself what it is you've been pursuing. Did you start a small business? Can you call yourself a small business owner now? If so, you're a success. You achieved something that you set out to be. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, because no one can take that away from you. Did I tell you I always thought I'd have a radio show, podcast? <laughs> no way. Last thing on my list. But here I am. I firmly believe if you apply the 10 principles I've mentioned here to your life, you'll be successful at whatever you pursue. If you apply them and remain persistent in the pursuit of your goals, nothing can stop you. So let's move on to another subject. In the equipment industry, some places can be deemed tough to work for. They can stifle innovation. Well, here's some ways how to create a culture of innovation in even the toughest workplaces. Like oil and water, innovation and hierarchy do not mix. Rigid, vertical cultures often stifle ideas and stunt creativity. 
On the other hand, innovation requires an embrace of new ideas. It means being in sync with your customers. In contrast, big bureaucracies often have an insular mindset. A hierarchical worldview that might have lost touch with its entrepreneurial roots. That can happen through expansion. Part of the problem is size. As big companies grow, informal communication, like picking up the phone and sorting a problem out, gives way to vertical silos that control and even hoard information. Being bigger also requires a shift away from personal decisions to entrenched procedures. As the web of rules grows, the ability to improvise and think different withers. Leaders matter too. As organizations supersize the type of leader they attract, promote, and retain changes. Gone are pesky, risk-hunting entrepreneur who seeks market-leading change. Now managers are the flavor, skilled at balancing finite resources, not creating fresh products. The reason is simple. Corporate managers bring stability and control. They can deliver regular, short-term results. Why is this so important? Who sits around the mindsets they bring and determines what kinds of decisions? Radical ideas are rarely made by the timid. Innovation can appear dangerous, and it injects uncertainty, chaos, and can be unpredictable. As a result, management groupthink can often paralyze big companies. Even bright people can find themselves curbing their dissent to maintain a consensus. Breaking groupthink requires robust dialogue. It is opening the possibilities of opportunities beyond the industry's norm. It needs a leader willing to tackle overt and subliminal values and behaviors head on. What will be the next big change in your company? But for large organizations need to, excuse me, but for large organizations need is to go beyond words and reinvigorate the leadership teams. Human nature leads us like people who talk our language and share our outlook. We find affinity in agreement. However, creativity demands the caustic rub of differing views. Broadening the bandwidth of ideas comes from creating greater mindset diversity. Tension creates heat and energy, fuses ideas into valuable concepts. Being open to differences and actively promoting them can assure that your organization does not become an echo chamber. As a leader, you control the thermostat of ideas. How a group filters, selects, and rejects ideas. How does it rate some ideas as acceptable or radical? 
these visible boundaries can determine if team stifles or champions ideas. Often, today's core company strength can become tomorrow's milestone. Remember Kodak, the iconic photography company? So wedded to its core capabilities in film production, it just could not see the value of digital photos, even though it was a a technology invented by the Kodak R&D teams. The simple answer to overcoming these rigidities is to find new people and gain fresh capabilities. Acquire a zesty startup with a fresh view, talents, and product offering. For a big company, buying a feisty startup can be the seeds of a culture clash. Old, stable, versus vibrant and growing. However, handled well, it can be gold dust by zealously protecting the acquisition's unique culture. The effect can be not only innovation, but a dynamic transfusion of ideas and leadership back to the mothership. Opening a culture up to uncertainty and robust dialogue begins the process of unwinding rigidities that stifle new ideas. As the velocity of change accelerates, all innovations must challenge their present thinking to have the foresight for future greatness. In the last instance, innovation without a culture of exploration is a one-legged stilt walker bound to fall over. A company's ability to change, innovate, and adapt depends on the leader's willingness to embrace change and open the minds of others. And at that, let's take a quick break and back to you, Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. 
Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to Rental Equip Talk Radio. This morning, we've been talking about the 10 habits of successful people. We also just finished up uh, how to create a culture of innovation in a tough workplace. So moving on, I want to talk about the secret to asking better questions. Most people in leadership positions think they have all the answers, but the best bosses know what to ask to encourage fresh thinking. Here are a number of ways to build that skill. And bosses who aren't used to asking questions can start out by borrowing questions from others. It's often said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Well, the same can be said of questions. Keep asking the same kind of question, and it is insane to think you're going to get a different kind of answer. If you want a dramatically better answer, the key is to ask a better question. No one raises an objection when they hear it. Who could argue with the value of Brilliant reframings. But at the same time, that statement alone is rare enough. Most people want to be handed the five paradigm smashing questions to ask. Unfortunately, that isn't possible. But what is possible is creating the conditions where the right questions are more likely to bubble up. To that end, here are some clear, concrete Measurable steps that any leader or anyone, for that matter, can take to come up with those paradigm-smashing questions we all seek. First, understand what kinds of questions spark creative thinking. There are lots of questions you can ask, but only the really best knockdown barriers to creative thinking and channel energy down new, more productive pathways. A question that does have five traits. It reframes the problem. It intrigues the imagination. It invites others thinking. It opens up space for different answers. And it's non-aggressive, not posed to embarrass, humiliate, or assert power over the other party. One CEO I know is aware 
that his position can get in the way of getting honest information that will challenge his view of things instead of coming at his managers with something like, X rental beat us to the punch on that job site. How do we let that happen? He gets more useful input with questions like, what are you wrestling with and how can I help? He has customers and supply chain partners. If you were in my shoes, what would you be doing different than what you see us doing today? And now more on leadership, think about how these questions change the whole equation. People don't start off defensive. The problem isn't already tightly framed. The questions are open-ended and the answers can be imaginative rather than telling the boss what he wants to hear. If you want to turn this first point into a trackable activity, how about this? Start noting in a daily diary how many questions you've asked that meet the five criteria that I just mentioned. Number two, create the habit of asking questions. Many bosses simply aren't used to asking questions. They're used to giving answers. So in the early stages of building your questioning capacity, it's helpful to start by copying other people's questions. It's the equivalent of practicing your scales. Once you've got the scales down, you can start to improvise. You could do worse than to follow the questions asked by management thinker Peter Drucker, who liked to jumpstart strategic thinking by asking, what changes have recently happened that don't fit what everyone knows? Let me say that again from Peter Drucker. What changes have recently happened that don't fit what everyone knows? Another example. A leader in a consumer packaged goods company constantly asks, what more can we do to delight the customer at the point of purchase? And what more to delight them at the point of consumption? Again, think about what that does. Sure, the CEO could constantly repeat that the company wants to satisfy customers, but by asking this question, it builds the habit of thinking in questions. And that, in turn leads to daily inquiry about matters, large and small, in an organization that keeps pushing its competitive advantages forward. And I don't think there's anything more true than in the rental industry, that we need more feedback from the fields to make the company better and more efficient and more customer friendly. The third would be, fuel that habit by making yourself generate new questions. Don't stop that generic question set, no matter how well you think it covers the basis. It will become just another activity rut, reinforcing today's assumptions if you and others become too familiar with it. Your goal is to generate new and better questions, not to cap your questioning career at the level of playing flawless scales. New perspectives, new solutions. If you or your team are stuck on a problem, stop and spend four minutes generating nothing but questions about it. As in brainstorming, go for the high volume and do no editing in progress. This will often yield a new way to look at the challenge 
and at least one new idea to solve it. And here's an example of a question burst. Instead, every day, note something in your environment that is intriguing and possibly a signal of change in the air. Then restrain yourself from issuing a comment on it. And instead, take a moment to articulate the questions it raises. Then share the most compelling of those questions with someone else. Engage with it for a minute. To some extent, this is doing reps, exercising your questions muscles, so they'll be strong enough when the occasion demands. But it's also more than that, because chances are it will actually be one of these many seemingly small questions that use your next big breakthrough. Number four, respond with the power of the pause. When someone comes to you with a problem, don't immediately respond with an answer. This is harder than it sounds, because you've probably internalized a sense long ago that you're the boss because you're decisive and have good judgment. In other words, you have the best answers. Instead, make it your habit to respond with a question, ideally one that reframes the problem, but at least one that draws out more of your colleagues' thoughts on the matter. I'm not talking about the cop-out rejoinder of, well, what would you do? What do you think we should do? Help the person think through how the decision should be made with questions like, what are we optimizing for? What's the most important thing we have to achieve with whatever direction we take? Or what makes this decision so hard? What problem felt like this in the past? The payoff comes in two forms. You're teaching the colleague the value of pausing to get the question right before rushing to the answer. And nine times out of 10, you're going to wind up with a better answer than the one you would have blurted out with less deliberation. And before I go on to the next few, let's take a quick break and jump back to Voice America before we start our final section of the program. Back to you, Voice America. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. 
Go to genielift.com to find out more. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back, and thanks for joining me today. And today we've talked about the 10 habits of successful people. We've talked about how to create a culture of innovation in a tough workplace. And right now we're on the discussion of the secrets to asking better questions. Like understand what kinds of questions spark creative thinking. Create the habit of asking questions. Fuel that habit by making yourself generate new questions. Respond with the power of the pause. And fifth, brainstorm for questions. This is an idea that is so simple and involves an exercise so fast that it constantly surprises me how effective it is. Whenever you or your team is at an impasse or there's a sense that some insight is eluding you regarding a problem or opportunity, just stop and spend four minutes generating nothing but questions about it. Don't spend a second answering the questions or explaining why you posed a certain one. As in brainstorming, go for high volume and do no editing in progress. See if you can generate at least 15 to 20 comments. 80% of the time, the exercise yields some angle of attack on the problem. And it virtually always re-energizes people to go at it with renewed gusto. And number six, reward your questioners. Finally, keep track of how you respond when someone in the room asks a question that challenges how you've been approaching a problem or feels like it threatens to derail a solution train already leaving the station. I remember hearing from executives at one company that the boss always surprised his top team by being willing to hear out even the craziest ideas. When others in the room were shaking their heads and hastening to move along, he would be the one to say, wait, say more. 
to find the part of that flight of fantasy that could work. If there's one constant theme here, it's the idea that bosses should reconceive what their primary job is. They aren't there to come up with today's best answers or even just go get their teams to come up with them. Their job is to build their relationship's capacity for constant innovation. Their enterprise's future and their own career trajectory depends on their resolve to ask better questions. So I hope that helps in the question department. So the last subject of the day, I've talked a lot about company culture, and there are so many different ones in our industry from a culture of independence uh, to ones of strict following of company culture and policies. But does one individual have the ability to influence company culture? And how do you actually influence company culture? This is the big, hairy question often asked by CEOs, managers, and employees alike. We all share how the fundamental core element of culture are our basic underlying assumptions. That is, the things we actually believe, but might not always say or outwardly show, are what determines our company's culture. As a result, the key to influencing culture is tapping into these basic underlying assumptions, listening to them, responding to them, and acting according to them. But what does that tangibly mean? Can you affect or influence others' basic underlying assumptions to begin with? Well, yes and no. Yes, basic underlying assumptions can be affected. But no, they can't be outright changed. You can't manipulate someone else's basic underlying assumptions. Employees are not malleable objects for leaders to shape. Each person has their own intrinsic worthwhile desires and beliefs. And that's not for you as a leader to try to mess with. Instead, what you can do is focus on creating an environment where employees can choose to shift their basic underlying assumptions in line with what feels right to them. Let's talk about what this practically looks like. There are three parts to creating an environment where the kind of basic underlying assumptions you want and ultimately the kind of company culture you want can come to fruition. One, personal accountability. You must model the behaviors and basic underlying assumptions you want to be. One of the greatest shortcomings of a leader is wanting others to do something when they don't practice it themselves. For instance, a manager often doesn't admit their own weakness, but expect employees to be upfront and forthcoming about mistakes that happen in the company. You see the disconnect? Whatever basic underlying assumptions you desire to be deeply rooted in your company, you must exhibit those basic underlying assumptions yourself first. As the leader, you should be the living embodiment of the basic underlying assumptions you want your culture to have. You should be consciously and intentionally speaking 
and acting in a way that shows people this is important to me. The second would be consistency. Your desired basic underlying assumptions won't be made true unless they are consistent. Basic underlying assumptions are solidified when you act consistently upon them. Say you want honesty and transparency to be a basic underlying assumption within your company's culture. You decide to hold an all-hands meeting every month where you cover high-level financials, company goals, accomplishments, and answer employees' questions. Seems like it'd be an effective initiative to establish that honesty and transparency or a basic underlying assumption within the company. But there's the missing piece. It's the inconsistent. Do you hold those all-hands meeting every month regularly, or do they start tapering off along the way? The third one is richness. Being consistent alone is how you demonstrate your basic underlying assumption. Isn't enough. You must think about richness of how you're communicating these basic underlying assumptions. Are you using a variety of channels, means, and mediums to show that this is something that's important for the team to embrace and embody? Or are you just relying on one? And as we get into the close of the show, remember, pick one, commit to it, and see progress build over time, slowly but surely, you'll see the difference. So in closing, if you want to reach me, you've got my email, rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. You can always listen on demand. I hope something uh, struck you today in our discussion. Next week, July the 10th, I'm bringing back Brian Evans uh, to discuss overcoming environmental challenges. And if you'd like to be a guest, suggest a guest, just let me know. Today's quote is from Steve Jobs, the co-founder and former CEO of Apple. People think focus means saying yes to the things you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the other hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to a thousand things by Steve Jobs. Y'all, it's been my honor to spend this time with you. I'm Donald Charbonnet, your host and diehard of the rental industry, signing off and remember, be safe and good renting. Thank you for tuning into Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.